to the Magic Within podcast. My name's Katrina Lully, and I'm a transformation coach obsessed with guiding women to unlock their power within so they live an aligned life of passion, purpose, and abundance. I've been where you're at, doing all the things and feeling like nothing is working. And I'm here to help you learn how to live that aligned life of passion, purpose, and abundance. I've spent years investing in programs, coaches, books, and other tools in covering my own blocks, challenging my beliefs, growing and stretching myself to live my most authentic life that is true to who I am. There is incredible power in our experiences, and by sharing our stories with one another, we help each other along this journey called life. This is a space where you will hear inspiring and motivating stories from other guests and tools to help you get from where you are now to who you want to be in this life. You get two doses of magic each week to fill up your cup and start living a life that is aligned with your highest self. We are not meant to do this life alone and we all have the magic within us to live this beautiful life that's true to who we are. I'm here to help you begin to unlock that power and start stepping in to the amazing woman that you are. Let's do this. episode of the magic within podcast okay I know I say this like every time how excited I am for the for my guest but I truly like from the depths of my soul mean it you guys are in for a real real treat with today's guest make sure you go grab your notebook pen all of the things because you're going to want to take the notes but let me introduce you to Andre who has been studying people his entire life Over a decade ago, he was compelled to teach his findings and knowledge to the masses, for they kept asking him why things seemed to be so hard or confusing when dealing with relationships, people, and life. Since his studies and understandings of relationships dynamics is so vast, Andre's knowledge expands across all types of subjects, such as love and life relationships with men and women, regardless of their gender or their orientation, child rearing, married or single, workplace dynamic negotiations, negotiating wants and needs, effective communication strategies, communication tools, and so much more. Often relationships can seem to be a power struggle. The magic is to be fully aware of the energy mechanism in place in these dynamics and learn to negotiate the terms to reduce power friction. This truly is the basis of Andre's work. Andre, You and I got to meet already and we chatted and I could have talked to you all day. Thank you so much for coming and sharing your message and your light on this show. Oh, absolutely. Thank you. I mean, my mission is to really get this message spread out wide and far because culturally it's destroying our culture, like some of the beliefs out there that that are popular. And uh, again, none, none of what I'm talking about is my opinion, it's science and nature. Um, and what we've, We've done a lot of ways is go against all of that and the idea of liberation, freedom, equality. And it works for money and it works for relationship. It works for money, it works for friendship, but in the realm of relationship, it's a kiss of death. And that's actually what I think we're going to talk about because this is what's confusing everyone. On paper, everything should be better. In reality, nobody's we're struggling more now in our days in relationships than ever in the history of mankind. Those are big statements and those are facts. So this ain't working. No. Right? So why isn't it working? And that's what we're going to talk about. Yeah, I love that so much. So before we dive into that, though, mm-hmm. 
I know a little bit about your background. I'd love for you to share with the audience a little bit of your background, starting with, because I know what you did before what you were doing now. Mm-hmm. What did you want to be when you grew up? <laughs> when you were a little boy. When I was five, I wanted to be a uh, engineer on a train. I think every little boy loves a train. Like it's funny. I, I watched Sheldon on, you know, Big Bang Theory. And it's just <laughs> like, that, it's as if child fantasy for boys a lot at the time anyway, to be a train driver. Um, but my family was messed up and I ended up sort of turning out to be an awkward, sad kid from mm. really being a, you know, the, the belief system for me at five years old. And I remember that moment in time, like it's imprinted in my brain. I remember sitting on the stairs. I remember the color of the carpet. I remember the wallpaper. I remember like this moment, like burned in my memory forever that I put my thoughts and my feelings together with what I was experiencing in my family, realized this is this was the insanity that I was born in the wrong family. I, I kind of put it together like, I, this, something is very wrong here. I don't belong here. These are not my people. I don't fit in here. They don't like me. I can't, we can't relate. I'm just an oddity in a family of six people, seven with me. Really weird. Like really weird. Scared the life out of me because in some level, I knew I was on my own and I was going to have to raise myself. Kind of crazy to think at five. Terrifying yet reality. So. It kind of turned me inside out where I started being aware of everything and everyone around me mm-hmm. energetically and watched people like incessantly became a, a, a watcher of human beings. First, trying to understand my circumstances with how, how can you be born in the wrong family? Like, that's so weird. Yeah. But I mean, I tasted it in my mouth. It was so palatable that so that was weird. And in school, I started to continue doing the same thing because I was the awkward, sad kid from those circumstances and watching everyone. I was a hawk. That's all that is observe people, which really helps me with my work now because you develop a nose, an instinct, you know, a, a opening up channels of sensing, feeling. Anyway, so that was that was how it started out. But I went to a private high school at 15. So fast forward to about 15, almost 16 years old. I go to a private high school. And because it's private, we have a lot of goodies, options, different things that public high school did have and in the beginning of the year a beautiful young girl comes up to me and said oh my god you know i want to take uh ballroom dancing for pe but i need a partner do you want to sign up with me and i'm like what 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 <laughs> like this is a guy who i didn't even know she knew I existed you know what i mean i was such an invisible like yeah yeah and then i remember thinking what 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 to me by surprise this is the week before class started you have to sign up for all all the stuff that you have to sign up for in classes and I remember like looking at her, she's a petite little thing, cute as oh hell. And I remember thinking, wait, I get to hold her in my arms, like for, uh, <laughs> yeah. Right. So <laughs> I just, you know, I was like, wow, whew, like that'll make me smile. Yeah. Um, so the week later, in the first class, again, I'm barely 16 years old. I remember my teacher on my right, girl in my arms, and this is an interesting discovery, but I Whatever the teacher would show, I could copy it. Like instantly, instantly, instantly. It was really weird. It was yeah. really ridiculous. Like it was anything. Dude, I just own it. Like instantly. And I really discovered that I had an act for this. There was a talent that was in there that I didn't know I had. I was born with it, seemingly. I just never danced in my life. But this I could do, like on the spot. Enough that within a few weeks, you know, I became the teacher's pet. I started assisting him. It was a male teacher. 
And then I'm the guy who started dancing with all the girls because I'm the guy who could do everything when the other guys were struggling. And so I go from geek to star, like in a matter of weeks, months. That's amazing. But so now I go from invisible to star. We started doing performances at school and, you know, this went on for like four years. And ultimately it's all I wanted to do. That's all I wanted to do. That's the only thing that, made, that brought a smile on my face and lifted my spirit. There's something about music and movement, vibrationally, when they come together, really moves your insides, moves my inside. And Louis kind of like, would like breathe life into me. Like I just, it made me happy, something I never experienced. So yeah, that's all I wanted is that feeling. And I made a career out of it, ultimately. So... I love that. Music is so incredibly powerful, but it doesn't surprise me like that because I feel like I I totally relate to that, that child who felt like I'm not in the right family. There's no way I'm in the right family. And then, you know, being that. You too? You too? Yes. Isn't that weird? It's weird. So. I didn't really put it together until a little bit later. Um, And now I have even a more different understanding of it, but I felt that same way. I was that odd one out and I was that people observer. I still am. Like I observe people. I will be, I'll go to a party and I'll be the quiet one because I'm just taking everybody in. Yep. But then like, I think those, you observe that so much, like it's in the depths of yourselves. And so it's no wonder that, well, your gift happened to turn out to be like this dancing and connecting with music. And I think that's true for a lot of us who observe like, Mm. in that space like we have those innate gifts where we don't know how they come how do I know how to dance I've never danced before like it just happens bizarre it was bizarre you know yeah so so I took this basically I remember like this was you know in Quebec City Canada right there's no show business no dancing for a living (laughs) you can't make a living of this I was in I was in high school going to college the school was combined it was stepping from high school directly into college in the same building it's in the same on the same school and I was in the science department. I was going to be an architect. You know, I was raised to be logical and, you know, like build a career. Yeah. But n- nothing in my heart wanted to do any of that. Nothing in my heart. So dancing, just that's the only thing I want to do. Like it's just, and it saved my life because it actually kind of, the, the dopamine and the endorphins and all the good hormones that come from moving your body, right? It creates a lot of hor- good feelings. That's why physical exercise is important. It kind of it cleans your brain out. It kind of, you know, reju- it rejuvenates, it empowers, it, 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 and, 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 and it cleans you up. It literally lifts your spirit. Now with that, with music, anyway, so that's all I want to do. I, that's all I want to do just because I made me feel alive. And ultimately I know that I wasn't going to make it otherwise. Like it was just such a broken little kid that you know that so it saved my life but my parents were like what the hell are you, what are you gonna do with this that's crazy and resisted all of it so i moved away and ended up you know vancouver for a few years and then made my way to los angeles where if you're going to do this for a living you have to go where the industry is yeah you're not going to make a living in canada dancing <laughs> right so but i made my i guess some excellent training in vancouver and then a scholarship after scholarship never paid for my training just all ridiculously lined up like magical get to los angeles on a vacation, and I get scouted, and I got my first job. As I was just standing in a, stu- in a studio, like two days after coming here on a vacation, and the rest is history. I ended up working with Michael Jackson, Prince, Paul Abdul, Julio Iglesias. I taught and traveled the world and performed fifteen years, like to the dismay of my parents, who would try to tell me that this, <laughs> uh, this will never take me anywhere. Well, I took it all the way. So that was phase one of my life. I call it. 
Wow. That's amazing. That's like, that's exciting. Like you've, you've accomplished so much and had this dream and, and you went and you did it. What was the transition into like, how do you go from, from dancer to relationship coach? Like, I know, I know. <laughs> well, there's actually a phase two in the middle there, which is, you know, interesting. So yeah, I, I, by, you know, by the time I, my, my wife, so part of the business is you perform, you travel, you, you work with the big masters, you come back and you teach class, right? Part of the, so you teach, you know, I was teaching in Los Angeles regularly when I was not on the road because you could fill up a class, a studio very well after coming back from Michael Jackson. You know what I mean? Like, oh, yeah. Oh, so yeah. It's big business on both ends. Like you teach and you perform, you teach, you perform and all that jazz. So in my class, <laughs> one day, just soon after I got in Los Angeles, um, my wife walked into my class and that was the end of that. <laughs> like, <laughs> just in two minutes, this was the woman of my dreams. I knew it and, you know, we've been together ever since. So it wasn't a f- fantasy. It was not, you know, la di was this is my woman right there. This is my woman. So, ah, so amazing. she was a ballerina. She actually ended up leaving the ballet company. She was here on vacation as well. I was settled by then. I got off the road from that first job and settled in Los Angeles, got an agent and was jumping into the business of commercials and movies, you know, um, music videos are huge at the time. She comes to LA on a vacation as well and decides she's going to stay, which is how I got to meet her because, but it makes no sense on the other side either because ballerinas don't quit their, their um, principal ballet contract. That's unheard of. Mm. That's unheard of. She was at the pinnacle of a career comes to vacation in Los Angeles and decides to stay. Like, she actually called in and canceled a contract. Like, ballerinas don't do that. Wow. Like, the scarcity in the business, you know what I mean? To be a prima yeah. ballerina. Like, and so, but there was something bigger than us. And obviously, it was us, you know. So that was, and what happened is we traveled both back and forth and performed around the world. And, you know, um, at one point, I was coming back from Thailand and she was going to China. So we crossed that one day up in the air. Like we crossed in the air. I was coming back and she was going. <laughs> That's, that was our lives. So we, we did a good run doing our lives, performing. And then a few years into that, I wanted to start a family. I had two kids tugging at my heart that were coming. Mm-hmm. Dreamt, about, dreamt about them in my dreams. I met them in my dreams before they came, about four years before that. Wow. So I was to be a daddy. And so, but, you know, it took, time for us to get there for her to be ready she's a petite little ballerina she's going to ruin a career in her body anyway so in order for me so when when we got pregnant i basically kind of got off the road entirely called my agent and said i'm not leaving los angeles so i get to work in town i'm not going anywhere i'm not flying anywhere anymore i'm done i'm staying grounded what what i go you, you heard me if it's not working at los angeles all the work is here anyway movies film television is all here if it's not here i don't want it i'm not traveling you know but but and i go no i'm not so yes i was going to be the father i was not going to be the dad who's not present for his kids yeah that was my life i was going to so i managed I, so i opened a car business in los angeles to keep me grounded to keep me from having to fly out and to make money you know, in between whatever gig I was going to get. Well, it turned out that it, it took about a year and it completely ran me over. And it was so successful so quickly, there was no space for anything else. So fantastic part two of my life. I, you know, I, my business was six minutes from my house and the house was two blocks from the school. So 
both me and my wife, on by design, were at every school recital, every Christmas parade, every Halloween parade, every meet, both of us in the audience. It could be 10 o'clock in the morning on a Tuesday or Friday. I was in town. I was here to raise my kids. And that's what I wanted. That was very important to me. Yeah, beautiful. So the car business was amazing because you go from dancing to cars, which is crazy. Talk about, <laughs> right? Um, but it allowed me to buy a house and raise my kids and be in town and do all that jazz. So, but my brain, again, focused on human beings, always curious. I can't help it. I was, um, I started doing personal development at the age of 23. So I was always into learning, learning, learning my curious brain about the human condition, but myself, you know, how to up, up my life by learning the stuff that I don't know. That was such a no-brainer for me. So in 2006, this is a transition. This is step, you know, life number three or, or step three in my <laughs> life um, adventure. 2006, I'm in San Jose, California, which is Northern California in a business workshop. And I meet this couple and on the way back on the plane, we end up sitting in the same row. And I thought it was just kind of, coincidental nothing is coincidental now i just understand now oh. at the time i thought everything was coincidence now i can't i can't believe this because my life is connected dots all the way through all connected anyway so the girl the woman says to me what are you doing this you know this weekend or next weekend because it's a whatever and they go i, I i'm off this weekend she goes you want to come to a workshop it's on me of course sure i, I you know because i'm that kind of guy like you you because those workshops can be super expensive right? oh, yeah. so, as yeah. a guest. Sure, of course. And then I go, well, what is it? She goes, oh, it's called Understanding Women. Wow. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I remember thinking. Like, okay, what did I just do, right? Because I'm an artist and I always attracted sweet women like my wife. I never had a big problem with women. I always attracted sweet women. So I didn't do the crazy stuff my friend did with the yelling and then missing it was smooth for me. So now I'm like, oh, God, I just ruined my weekend going to a workshop, 8 o'clock in the morning on a Saturday about understanding women. Ugh. But I went because I said I would. I'm that guy. When I walked into space, there's a big um, a hotel out by the airport, huge room, 400 people in the space when I show up. I'm like, oh, wait. So there was something in the air. I remember thinking, oh, this ain't going to be cute. Interesting. I'm, I'm glad I'm here. By the end of the workshop, my brain's all over the wall, exploded completely. I realized first I knew nothing about women at like zero, like not even a little bit, like <laughs> Mr. Artist and smooth, nothing, 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 nothing. And what was more dangerous to me was more upsetting is I knew nothing about my wife. Mm. And I realized that the things that I didn't know that were dangerous. All my siblings had divorced and married, remarried twice and three times. I have my angel, baby girl. My wife is amazing. We're doing fine. I have a toddler and a baby at the time. I'm not looking for this information, but I, it was such a wake-up call. Like I knew nothing about her. What am I doing to her without knowing that I could have her resent me? Or, you know, it's just what I say and what I don't say. She filters that through some meaning. What I do, what I don't do. I, women make meanings out of stuff they don't understand. And it's never good. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that was way too dangerous for me. Like, I was not going to be a statistic with my baby because I didn't know. So there's my brain, right? Boof, exploded. And I ended up taking the entire company's, all their curriculums, all their workshops. I think they had 11 at the time. That took a while. And then, of course, I've been a teacher and a performer. So 
<laughs> a minute later, I teach, I'm teaching for them. I become a workshop leader. And that's how it started. It was the beginning of me being a teacher and a, a coach and teaching this material. And I went on to continue training with Dr. John Gray Mars and Venus, Shanti Falha in the South, who does material with uh, love and respect. That's huge for the dynamic of a relationship that we don't really understand until you dig in. Um, Esther Perel, you know, French therapist in New York City, who's now famous at the time she wasn't, amazing stuff about love and intimacy and why people cheat and all that confusion that people don't understand. Amazing stuff. And then Dr. Pat Allen here in Los Angeles, who's a family child um, marriage therapist, who I'm trained with her, I trained with her semi-privately, like me and four of the people, five of the people for three and a half years. So I have all of expertise and experience as so I'm trained by a therapist. I'm not a therapist. I don't want to be a therapist. I want to be a coach. We have access to much, much more content that we could use. I also do NLP work, neuro linguistic programming. That is one of the things I do with my clients. So that's how this whole thing just flourished. So at one point, I was doing both businesses so much. The past, the last five years, I almost died because both business grew, and so I was working, you know, insane hours. As, yeah. You know, the car business full time. And then the, and in the evening and the weekends, I was doing the, the coaching. And eventually um, I had to give something up. And so the, so I had to sell my car, my, my very successful car business in Los Angeles, business and property. I owned everything. I had to unload everything to take, you know, spend all my time doing this. And now helping men and women with those difficulties that are building relationships is more difficult harder to attain and sustain nowadays than it's ever been in the history of mankind. I know why, but people don't know why. They don't understand. This should be easier. You know, we have equality, we have freedom, we have, you know, you can do anything, you can be anything you want in the world. You have all the choices, men and women. It should be easier. It should be great. Yeah. It's not. It's not. Yeah. It's, it's horrible. Yeah, it is. So. So why is it? Why is it so hard these days? Like, every, you know, everybody wants to know the answer. Why is it so hard? Like, <laughs> Well, because of two things, we're going against nature and you could go against nature all you want. You could do it. We could all do it, except eventually nature wins, bites you in the ass. Do you know what I mean? So I'm not talking about going back to the 50s, but there is a flow in nature in all species. Male and females have a dance that is the male of the dance of um, reproduction, procreation, nature and a flow right the specific in nature males are never the same as the females ever they're complementary right yeah. they help each other they come together to continue the species plus 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 they have two different specific roles well we decided that's not good enough anymore then women should be like men and men should be like women that's not working no so that's part of so i'm saying we're going against nature and instinct and our the, the really the chemistry and the the our very own genetics yeah that's part one you know and part two is, well, that's really all it is. It's going against nature to the point where, well, so back in the days, think back through millennia, but right up to the 50s, there were very few choices. Culture, religion, our families would hold us to some standards, right? Women did not sleep with men out of wedlock. It was shameful. right? Oh, my God. Pregnancy out of wedlock was that the girl would disappear for a year. You know, yeah. spend some time in Europe at the grandma's house or help her aunts who's sick, right? Yeah, she's having a baby, right? But you couldn't even talk about it. People were shamed. The entire neighborhood would shame you 
the church. Oh my goodness, the neighbors, right? So there's a time where women choices were to be a mother and a wife, and men just went to work. They were expected to just man up and work. No choice. Now they both suck, right? If you peak, if you having no choice, men and women, by the way, there was a right way to do life. Period. Yeah. <laughs> and, yeah. Right now. Obviously, we're all different, so it doesn't fit everyone, though it keeps things nicely structured, but it's very limiting. So we decided that all this is bullshit and decided that open the channels to all choices. Fantastic idea. Feminism in the beginning was all about not only equality, but um, to give women options. You know what I mean? You want to be a mother? You can be a mother. You want to be a CEO? You can be a CEO. Like just sort of open the channels to freedom thinking, you know, people will be happier if they have more choices because the other way is to repress or suppress as a culture. Yes and no, because there's a place where, get this, uh, when you were born in a family, for me, my last name is Parody, right? So as a Parody male in my family, the, the four boys and one girl, where my dad owned a chain of break and muffler shops were car guys. So I am a car guy by default because my family are car, car people. All my uncles are in the car business with my dad. We're car guys. We're car guys. This becomes an identity. I know who I am. I'm a parody. I'm a car people. Yeah. Yeah. We love cars. We restore cars. We play with cars. We fix cars. We love cars. We buy cars. We, we're car people. Not everybody can say that, right? That was, but that was my identity. And again, the business that I opened obviously lines up with that. It was in my blood. Yeah. Right. So, but nowadays, people don't follow family traditions anymore. They don't follow fam families, don't have a history of, right? So, we all have to, men and women, by the way, right? We all have to find ourselves in the world, have to define yourself in the world. The, no, the new purpose is self, discovering self. You don't, you're not identified with your family's tradition and or your family of origins, lineage, lineage. We all got rid of all this. So we teach young women to be strong. Do you, think, do you think some of that, like the whole not, like we don't have that tradition, we're not connected, is almost, some of that is almost, that thought process is almost to our detriment because we're trying to like separate ourselves so yes. far so much. Yeah, we're trying to be individualized. And so yeah. I mean, so I'm not going to be like my mother. I'm not going to be like my dad. You know, I'm going to, and I find, I have to find myself. So now we have a world where self-help, self-love, self-development, Self this, self that, self, self, self-care, self, right? Like, so we're all trying to find ourselves because we kind of have no anchors anymore. Do you yeah. know what I mean? So more choice, I get it, it's fantastic, but at the same time, it's very confusing and people, everybody's trying to define themselves. And then that, it makes relationships complicated because if you're trying to find yourself, define yourself and think I'm going to find me before I get in a relationship, well, you actually find yourself in a relationship. Yeah. We're doing the backwards way, not knowing anything. So that's what I see. The problem is we're, we don't know who we are. And by find, trying to find ourselves and our identities by doing something relevant in the world, which has nothing to do with families, which is why it's hard, right? It yeah. makes us feel like we're missing something. So we keep looking and looking and looking. Well, there it is. Yeah. And I think about that, like we're getting, we get caught up, especially if you're in the self-development world, Right. Right. We're going to just keep going through the courses, going through the courses, going through the courses. Yep. More and more, our answer more. is going to be in there more and more instead of like going and doing and like you said, finding yourself in the process. And I think part of the problem is we're so afraid we're going to mess up 
Like it's not going to be the right answer. It's not going to be the thing because we're looking for we're looking yeah. for the magic unicorn, the gold at the end of the rainbow. Right. And it's in the it's in the process of it's like, in the process. Like everybody's trying to find themselves before they want to get in a relationship, so they have boundaries. I get that on paper it sounds great. It doesn't work. You find yourselves with all the relationship and the people you bang against all day long at work in life the negotiating the people you trust and the people you had problems with that you end up fixing it with right you trust people that you had troubles with and you went and fixed it together and yeah. you go wow that person's amazing that's my good friend right in relationships so this is how we find our mojo how we communicate what we bring like our our corks and the things that make people like, why do people hate me? Well, you do this all the freaking time. You have to bounce off of somebody to know, you know, what you're good at and what you're not good at and how, you know what I mean? So it's not in finding myself, working on myself, do you find your mojo? It's actually in relationships, all relationships. It's being in the world, banging together. But we don't do it that way. We just kind of, you know, we keep self-working and self-developing and self-worth and self-care and self-search and self-self. When the answer is get on the dance floor of life, be with people, right? Jump into life, you know, communities, all kinds of communities, find a partner, learn to communicate. That's a big part of it because we don't, we don't know how to do that very well. That's my work, you know, and understand know for, from, forget culture, forget what your mother who had, you know, decided her, her husband was a douche and you, you know, she should have been better off without him. So, she trains her daughters to never trust a man and get independent, you know, and don't ever be vulnerable because they, they're toxic and they cheat. And right, whether it's your mother, your culture, your friends, your, 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 your teachers, but sometimes even your father, your father, when they were <laughs> not young men who were very ethical, will teach their daughters to protect themselves from men like him when he was younger, right? So there's a bunch of ways women get scared and derailed and to be not trusting and have to be independent to protect herself. So she never said depend on no man. Yeah. These are all my clients because they have no freaking idea who they are and how to be in, in, in dynamic with men because they're coming from me, myself, and I overly developed in business, which is fine to a point, but it kills the possibilities of relationships. Yeah. You don't yeah. find yourself at 40 years old, having been in business alone your whole life and no relationship in, with men, and then thinking at 40, 45, well, I, I want a man now, but then, then they come to me because they don't know how to do that and they don't know how to be feminine and they don't understand men and they've never interacted enough in that realm to be able to be able to play properly. And, you know, yeah, you see what I'm saying? It's, it's, yeah. it's, it's pretty insane. I think that trust piece is so strong in the relationship dynamic, the lack of trust, the lack yep. of that feeling of safety, like truly allowing yourself to be fully seen because of one, what you've either experienced yourself or two, because of what you've taught or both Yep. Like those things. Everybody's been, yeah, go ahead. Sorry. Yeah, no. And then, and then with that, like, this is a two kind of a two part with that. Like we see too, in our culture, so many people that cut and run so fast yep. instead of working through. Yep. Yep. So I see like this. So look behind me. I know if it's a, this is my wife and I ballroom dancing. I love that picture. It's beautiful. Yeah. That's the, the base of my entire life. You know what I mean? This is partnership. This is not equality. This is partnership, which means what she does is different than what I do, but that's the point. 
two individuals coming together to create a new entity called the partnership, the relationship, right? So, but what's happening is this is an investment. This is a commitment. This is something you got to decide right away. Okay, let's do this, right? And we have to learn just like a ballroom dancing couple. When you, have you seen ballroom dancers like glide across the floor? It's the most beautiful freaking thing in the world. And people are like, oh, wow, it looks so easy. You know how much practice goes in that? You know what I mean? So, yeah. <laughs> right. So we wanted, you know, have this idea of relationships, but we're afraid to fail. We're afraid of divorce. We're afraid to commit. We're afraid. So what we do, instead of learning to dance and practice this with a person that you could learn to communicate with, right? Negotiate with your wants and needs. Get in seriously and, and understanding you have the same idea of um, lifestyle. So you could go the same way and actually be on, in sync with that. You know, that takes risking, you know, that, that takes commitment and, and stepping in and doing the work, yeah. you know. But in our culture, what we do, are you ready? Instead of ballroom dancing, which takes a lot of tra- practicing to get good at and smooth at, in the beginning, you step on each other's toes. Normal. New relationships are awkward. You have to get in groove with each other and negotiate, right? So yeah. we don't want to do any of that. So in our culture, it has to be easy, right? So what we do is, we don't learn to ballroom dance. I call it club dance. We get face-to-face on a dance floor and we club dance. Don't touch me. Don't touch you. Don't touch me. You turn around. You don't know if you're dancing with who, but that's my boyfriend. It's my girlfriend. You're moving together. You're not committed. You don't share bank accounts. You don't share anything. Everything's 50-50. You never really commit. You just kind of wait for it to fall apart or when somebody's bored. There's no money in the game here. There's no skin in the game here. You're just playing house until somebody gets bored or somebody cheats. It's not enough juice to get somebody to learn how to do relationships. And, but we're afraid and terrified of relationships. We're afraid of failing. But guess the sure way of failing is doing just that. Just, you know, just dip your toes in and just, you know, play, play house with somebody and see how long it lasts. It I think this is a lot of marriages today. They, yeah. stay in, they stay in this zone. Absolutely. And they don't really get in, you know, in the name of self, in the name of, what if in the name of, you know, I yeah. gotta, I gotta be me, you know, I don't, and it's okay, but it's not working very well. You choose, I'm not judging, but when people ask me why it's so complicated, well, there it is, <laughs> you know, you, you refuse to get in and, and really take a risk with a good person, a good man, a good woman, right? Because you we all had horrible stories and we've seen horrible things and you know we've all heard the stories. So yeah. being afraid to do the work just in case it might not work, you're guaranteed that you're not going to get there ever. And that's what we see everywhere. And you know people come together and collapse, completely collapse, come together and collapse, and it makes the life of loneliness in the end because we can't sustain it. And so. Anyway, I could go on and on and on. But yeah. You see it. You no, see it. it is. That's what's it, not working. It, it's not working. It's and, and it's so worth it. Like you get to go and go out and do the work on yourself in relationship. Mm-hmm. I mean, my husband and I, we've been, we'll be married 14 years this year. Mm-hmm. And it's been a journey. It has <laughs> been a journey. I and mean, that's the point. Sorry, yeah, but- it is. That is the point. And I know there are many, many different periods of our 
marriage where I was like, I am, I'm getting divorced. I don't want to be with this guy. Like I was all in myself thinking, you know, I was trying to chase the grass where it wasn't really greener, like just these things, but we chose to stick it out and do the work. We've done the work separately, which is just as important. And we've come together and done the work together. But we don't, we didn't give up on one another. Like we just stay together and we don't have the best role models in relationships. Mm. We've really had to figure it out by ourselves and with the help of our own mentors and coaches. Like, like, what do you want? What do you want out of a relationship? And, you know, there were times I swore, like, I don't love this guy. Why am I with him? I only, I used to tell him I only married you because I was drunk because I was still drinking at the time I wasn't sober and like if I wasn't if I was sober I wouldn't have married like those are wow. nasty things I used wow. to say to him wow <laughs> and thankfully he had a bigger heart than I did at the time <laughs> right you know and he stuck with it and we've stuck with it and we have a beautiful relationship it's not yeah. perfect by any means like yesterday I wanted to tear his head off but you know yeah. today I'm like no it's worth it because it's work it's work and it's beauty Straight up, and, I, and what I see out there, nobody wants to put that kind of work in because the new belief, which is ridiculous and terrible, is that unless it's fun and easy, it's you know it's the wrong person. Yeah. So the moment things get complicated, you know, oh well, that's the wrong. Obviously, the universe is telling me it's the wrong person because it's supposed to be fun and easy. No freaking way! You think that ballroom dancers practicing for years are constantly having fun? It's easy. They bang together, they collide, they step on each other's toes, and there's a whole dynamic of complementary again that people refuse. People are like so against stereotypes and women are like men and men. Are like, no, no. There are types who are real, you know, we're as equal as our genitals. Hello. <laughs> That's how equal we are. We're not. We're made, yeah. It's made to fit together, but it's opposition. It's, it's, it's polarity that, that works. So a Baldwin couple are polarized. You know, he leads and she supports herself on her side. You can't drive her and lead her unless she supports her side and is vulnerable to his leadership. So there's a whole dynamic that is fantastic. It takes a while. Yeah. Understand each other's signals without even talking. You know what I mean? Yeah. In our culture, if it's not fun and easy, after a year or two, you know, it's the wrong person, hop off, you know, and hop on somebody else thinking that it's an endless, empty, no commitment, you know, shallow surfers kind of ridiculousness. I call that teenage fantasy living. Yeah. There's nothing about life that's worth anything comes easy. Yeah. You have to discipline and work at it and dig. And this is when the roots get deep and you have something solid and people go, wow, you guys are so good together. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we put in the work. Yeah. Maybe. Anyway. So let's bring it, I mean, let's bring it full circle. Like we were yeah. talking about what's not working. What does actually, what do you actually need to build that healthy <sighs> long-term relationship? Yeah. Back to nature, back to nature, back to nature, back to nature. We're doing everything right now against nature and you see what's happening. So what's back to nature mean to me? This is the, the work by Dr. John Gray, right? Mars and Venus. The past 10, 12 years of his life has all been about the chemistry of our bodies and our brains. Testosterone has men behave in ways that testosterone have men behave, and estrogen has women act like women. So women are much more related, kind of they, relational driven, relationship driven, relation like community driven. Relating is the, the the what is normal, natural, and it feels good to a normal woman. 
for man, it's more so the hunter brain, if you, the gatherer brain, the hunter brain, the males instinctively in our bodies chemically tend to want to, we move up in our heads, we plan and plot and push through life, compete, fight, control, build business, go for our, you know, build our characters, build our confidence, make some money so we can take on a woman and children. That's nature. But when, God, you know how many clients I have, male clients who have been shamed out of being masculine? Mm -hmm. So what they do is they don't compete in the world very hard if at all. They stay soft. They stay limp. And I have one in particular, and I feel really sad. I just had this conversation, like, this conversation with him a couple of weeks ago where he's now 55. So when he was late 30s, he was married to a woman that he shouldn't have married, but he was in love with her and she kind of worked him. Let's just put it this way. And when she left him four years later, he was devastated, like devastated. Men don't recover very well from a broken heart. And most men will give their hearts one time in life. So he's one of them, very typical. So at 40, brokenhearted and just gave up on all relationships. Just gave that up. So he's not gay. He's not weird. He's just now a loner. He won't put himself through that again. That's actually more common than you think. It doesn't appear that way, but it is. So talking to him two weeks ago, he's, you know, 50, late 50s. And he's like, you know, I really did nothing with my life. And I go, uh-huh, what are you saying? And basically he related that because he only had himself to care for, that he lived a very, very minimal life. That's what men without women do or don't do. They don't step up. They have nothing to fight for. So they get themselves a good little job and a good little, a little place and, you know, and they're good. You know, they have a few roommates or whatever. So they, they, there's no reason to excel. There's no reason to push hard. That's instinct again. So when you shame men out of being masculine and or they have nothing bigger than themselves to live for, they typically stay really low. Mm. And so he's like, he understands now at his age that if you taking the risk, broken heart doesn't mean that all women will break his heart. He got stuck there. Right? But if he t took the risk and found himself a woman that he could learn to dance with, the stuff I'm talking about, get some help with that, and had a kid or two, he would be in a whole different place because there'd be a lot more to fight for and instinct have us step up and go and conquer in the name of protecting, providing, and cherishing my family. Mm. So when you destroy the family system, men get weak and are very capable. What they produce is meek, right? And women are lonely. And they're looking for men who take care of them and they can't. Where are the good men? Where are the good men? Well, they're chilling in the basement with their friends. It's terrible. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. It's, it's a horrible thing. So we, yeah. again, back to nature means let men be men. Encourage men to, you know, compete, conquer, fight, push, you know, and go for their lives and, and do something big. Discipline themselves to build something that's hard to do, makes them feel proud, makes them feel masculine, brings them confidence. And with that, they want then to share that with a woman and have a couple of kids and put their arms around those lives. And like a king, he takes care of his realm and that's his kingdom. And that's what men do naturally. They're very proud of that. Do you know what I mean? And typically, uh, you know, we know this, there's much data on this. Money doesn't make women happy. Money does not make women happy. It takes about, you know, you go for it because you were raised that way. By the time you get to 35 and 40, you're lonely. 
you know, you might have missed out on kids. You know, the guys who want to get married are already married. Like, you got yourself in a situation where the pool of possibilities has shrunk radically, and you're miserable. My clients, miserable, lonely, you know, terrified to spend the rest of their lives alone. We got you wired up, and you bought you bought a lemon. You you know, the, the culture sold you a lemon about what's right in the world and where the woman needs to be, you know, to be valuable. So back to nature, you know, relate, be, being in rela healthy relationships, all relationships in their lives, is what truly makes women happy. What's wrong with that? You don't have to be sealed and have a title attached to your name to be relevant. Men would rather do that and be proud to do this and to kill themselves to do this to keep you comfortable in a good setting, taking care of you <laughs> and the kids and like this nature. So back to nature, it's not going back to the 50s. I often get accused of being like, you know, oh, so you want us to like dumb it down and you know, wiggle, wiggle our asses like Marilyn Monroe. I says, that's not what I said. Excuse my friend. That's not what I say ever. It's not it. No. There's a modern way to do a more classical life that actually works, makes men happy and proud, makes women happy and safe. Boom. Not beat that. What's wrong with that? Yeah. Oh, no, you go, girl. You didn't know a man. Okay. And men get it right away. You don't need no man. Okay. And then when you go, where's my man? Well, you keep saying you didn't know a man. Your sister, your friends, your culture, your, your feminists. Okay. They got it. Men, get the hell out of the way. They find women who want to be women. <laughs> and those are the guys that get married. The, ones, the ladies that get married. The women who are step back, step into you know, their essence, nature, feminine, lovely, supportive, as they get it. So by not understanding what men need to step up to, to commit, you know, men just fly to produce and then in, the, in, in, in return support women and their children. Yeah. It's pretty simple. It's not that complicated. Yeah. You mentioned like the broken family system. This is a question I have because I was just curious. Yep. Is it always, do you have, is it also from like, if they've come from that themselves through their own parents or typically. just their own relationship? No, it typically comes from childhood. You okay. know, like, like if you think about this statistic, are you ready? Mm -hmm. Since so, in 1973, the single mother, uh, the single mother, single mother um, numbers were, um, hold on, let me remember correctly. 20% of Black kids had a single mothers, 15% of Latinos had single mothers, and 5% of white kids had, were in single mother setting. 2015, five. This was in the, in the 70s, 73, the, 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 the stats. Today, 70% of black kids are raised by single mothers. 70%, think about this, 50% of Hispanics and 20% of whites. This destroys wow. family systems. So what happened is boys don't have male role models. Girls are taught to be tough, independent, and strong by mom, who's mama bear. That's just natural. But it, it keeps men weak. It makes women too tough. We've reversed the whole system. That breaks. So it's childhood. You know, what works is two parents. Now, I know sometimes stuff happens, but now it's way too. People give up just on a fart. Yeah. You know what I mean? People yeah. don't stick it out for the sake of the kids, which is insane. Because what happened is when this family system is broken, children 
grow up with a broken sense of what's possible in relationships that don't even believe it. And when children cannot go grow up to build healthy, strong relationships so they can raise healthy, strong, normal children, the whole system collapses. So we're here. Yeah. We're here. So with the 70s now, what's popular is like dump them. You know, it's complicated. And, you know. Well, dump him, push him away. Like, yeah. he's about, you know. He's a bad guy. I go on a whole tangent yeah. about yeah. that section. Yeah. But there's a way. Yeah. Turn the kids it, again. Even if it didn't work out, there's a way to still raise them together in a yeah. beautiful co-parent relationship. Right. Where they're not, they wouldn't get as messed up. But that's a whole other, like, podcast. So whole other podcast, yeah. <laughs> Totally. So, I mean, this uh, here we are, and people like don't know what's going on, and it's whole horror. Like, there it is. It's been coming. We 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 created this, you know, wide awake in the name of freedom, in the name of, you know, toxic masculinity, in the name of equality. None of that is working. Again, and I'm not saying we're going to the 50s. I'm gonna say that again. Yeah. But there's a sweet spot in the modern way to do this that lines up with your body's essence. You know, when you raise men to be men, they're better men and they do better in culture and life and with women. When you raise women to be women, they do, they're happier in life and they actually can't get in partnership with men in a healthy way, not an abusive, not a doormat way. Come on, wake people, wake up people. This is not that complicated. Yeah. Right. Entire generations, millennia, this has happened naturally. It's just in this day and time, the past 60 years, that we dismantled all this. And everybody's confused and nothing's working. So it's not better. It's the worst. So let's go back a little bit and reframe. And like I said, no, like there's a sweet spot in modern way of doing relationships that lines up with your bodies, your essence, that makes you both men and women happier. How about that? Yeah. How about that? That's what I'm offering. That's what I do. That's yeah. my work. Amen. thousand percent to that. Because the work is so beautiful and I know we could keep going like on so many different topics in so many different directions. Yeah. Uh, I love what you're doing. Is there anything else on your heart you want to share before we go? Actually, I, I do. I have a gift for you listeners. Okay. Awesome. Is that, is that cool? Yeah. So again, because I teach nature and science, you know, even if it's countercultural and it irritates people sometimes, most people, it resonates. It resonates. There's a, oh, wait, oh, wait, right? Oh, I think like it feels, it resonates. Something about, I guess, truth resonates on some level, even if you've never really heard it before. Um, so if anybody listening is resonating with what I'm saying and you're challenged with the choice of your life or the things that aren't happening or you can't attain or sustain a relationship, a healthy, loving, long-term relationship, if that's what you want and you you... I, I'm offering you, if you go to www.andregroupcoaching.com, it will take you to a landing page. It's my calendar. I build a landing page that takes you to my calendar. You could book men or women, a VIP one-hour session. I call it exploratory session. And on that, we'll talk about what's the problem? What are you stuck on? What's your challenges? What is it you run into constantly that, that has you feeling hopeless that you're really stuck. So what's the problem? What is it that you want? What's the dream? And we'll talk about if I can help you get there. So the call is amazing because whether we work together or not from there, what I do is go right into childhood. 
this is my therapy work that I do, right? Because not one of us gets out of childhood unscathed. Between the age of five and 11, those formative years, this is when we make decisions about the world, ourselves, life, and people, right? Big decisions that we forgot. The world is a terrible place. Can't trust men. Women are crazy. I'm on my own. I'm living my home my whole life. That's mine. You know what I mean? It's all up to me. I'm not good enough. It's never going to work out, you know? whatever big decisions those become the lenses in which we see the world so if you find yourself in a loop and this is how you know if you find yourself in a loop where you constantly attract the same type of man who don't want to commit honey it's not the man it's you it's what you're attracting if you're struggling with money and finances and you can't get ahead of yourself you constantly find yourself failing it's not the world doing it to you it's you right so it's your subconscious driving the show and so that call, whether we, like I said, whether we work together or not, we peel, I'm really good at this. So within 15 minutes, we find we will write to that decision you made when you're little that you forgot that explains where you are today. And so from there, you have a choice to do something else, but you, you'll discover there's nothing wrong with you. Even though a lot of, like that's people, women come at me all the time, what's wrong with you? Yeah. What's wrong with you? This, we go back and go, look, there's nothing wrong with you. You're a product of your past. Yeah. So that's good news. So, and then, so what's the dream? And you want some help getting out of that? So that's what I'm offering. Yeah. Like I said, it's a $400 call. I'm offering it to your listeners, curious. Um, and women who call, men who call are pretty brave. For some reason, it's, 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 it's nerve wracking, but the people that do learn some good stuff. And yeah. I, I highly recommend if, you, if you're even feeling a little bit of a nudge, to do that call, go, just go do it. Just go do it. Cause the, at least the information, we can't change what we don't know. And when you have that information, you have the power in your hands to go make the change, whether you work with Andre or not, or someone else, like it's beautiful. It'll open up an awareness of yourself that you can't get on your own. You know, I did this lady three days ago. Um, and so, stuff that she remembered very well in her past but never connected the dots mm-hmm. you know and i talked to her three days ago because i literally, I literally simmer on that then i said well talk to me later to see what you want to do and she's like i have ne- i have been so calm and so grounded since that conversation because i understand everything that i'm doing and what's happened to me and she's like i could I mean, she has two little kids and she's you know she's like i could i could actually relax knowing that I'm a product of my past and now I have an opportunity to do something about it. She was just that, you know, like my husband's like, are you, you're so relaxed, right? Cause she was a nervous, nervous ball, just trying to figure out nervous system, just highly. Um, yeah. What's the word uh, highly. Um, what's the word? Like uh, it's vigilant, yeah. vigilant and sensitive to everything, not understanding. So one yeah. call. Yeah. Oh, so beautiful. I love that. Cause I mean, that's the work I do with my, like we go back that we got to go back to where it started and get down to that core deep root. So yep. I will make sure that I uh, link that up in the show notes for you all to go find Andre, go check out his work, go book that call. Highly recommended. Thank you so much. I Absolutely. love the work that you're doing. It's beautiful. You're an amazing human being. And I am so grateful for you uh, sharing your message here on the magic within. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me because I'm trying to spread this message, you know, nationwide and eventually worldwide that this, you know, 
there's this way there's another way to do this you know and that's, yeah that's my god calling to make that as public as possible so thank you for you helping me get this out there absolutely absolutely ah ladies i know that you love this episode make sure you share it with a friend go share it on social media tag tag me tag andre all of the things i love you and i'm sending you all the love and light in the world much for listening and if you loved this episode and know of someone else who has a powerful story and are doing big things please pass them on to me it would mean the world to me if you helped me get this message out to as many listeners as I can so please if you liked what you heard it goes a long way to take 60 seconds leave me a five-star review and share this episode with a girlfriend Don't forget to tag me on social media. And if that's not your thing, shoot me a DM because I would like to personally thank you for doing so. We are not meant to do this life alone. And I'm so grateful to be on this journey with you. Until next time.